Welcome to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. The Dog Talk Show is brought to you in part by All the Best Pet Care. Visit allthebestpetcare.com. Check out where all of their nine locations are around Western Washington. All the Best Pet Care, all the best food, treats, and toys for your pet. And the Dog Talk Show is also brought to you in part by Invisible Fence Northwest. Invisible Fence for the life of your pet. Check out InvisibleFenceNW.com to learn about their indoor and outdoor solutions for both dogs and cats. We've got a great show today. I know I say that pretty much every week. Don't I, Eric? You do. Yeah, well, but, I mean it every time. I know. <laughs> Very sincere. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fine day to take your dog for a walk today, isn't it? Absolutely. Looks like a, a, it's turning into a gorgeous afternoon. Is it summer yet? Well, technically, oh, <laughs> it is summer, curious. but, uh, you know, we've, we've I heard it was had a lot of fall springy weather yeah. lately. And yeah. uh, apparently the weekend is going to be fairly nice. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I still say better than the heat wave I agree. that they're having in the rest of the country. I agree. And you, know, you won't I don't hear... like triple digits. Personally. No. And you won't hear me complaining about the lack of hot weather because I like cooler weather anyway. So I'm happy with this. You're all set. Lovely day. Well, and so uh, are the dogs, I think. I think so, too. You know, yeah. they're covered in fur. So they're wearing a fur coat every day of uh, their no. lives. They probably don't like triple digit yeah. uh, weather either. Although I think my dachshund likes extreme heat. But really? she's an exception. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's a hot dog. She is. <laughs> Speaking of dachshunds and terriers, we have Greg Perry with us in the booth today. Greg is an American Kennel Club Earth Dog Judge. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thank you. So we are going to be talking with Greg about dachshunds and terriers and the performance event called Earth Dog Trials or Earth Dog or Go to Ground. Or is that the command that they give the animals? Oh, we, we uh, tell them most anything to get them underground, but okay. it's Earth Dog. Yeah. yeah. So Earth Dog is, is an event that's um, specific to certain breeds. Um, there's lots of event performance events and I love these types of things. I I love giving any dog an opportunity to really do what they were meant to do, whether it be lure coursing for sight hounds or herding for herding breeds or, you know, earth dog for certain terriers and dachshunds. So will you tell us a little bit about what Earth Dog is? Um, you know, what is the event? How is it set up? Well Earth Dog is is a way to test the terriers and the dachshunds on their instincts. And, uh, you know, it's a funny thing, uh, and it's very interesting to me. We um, know what a collie is bred for. Uh, they're bred to herd. We know what a bird dog is bred for just by looking at it. Very few people really understand what a terrier was bred for. Mm -hmm. And the terrier was actually bred for, and also dachshunds, to help the farmer, and back in Scotland they called them crofters, mm -hmm. to rid their farms of vermin, uh, rats, uh, sometimes bigger uh, prey like weasels and uh, badgers and otters and all the kind of things that the, plague the farmers. And so they bred these little dogs to help them on their farms to rid them of, of uh, vermin. Mm -hmm. And so what they would do... Uh, on the farms is it send them into tunnels and also into rockeries to uh, hold uh, the the vermin so the farmer could come and dispatch it, kill it, mm -hmm. or they would actually uh, train them to bolt the uh, vermin so uh, another dog called a lurcher uh, could kill it or the farmer could shoot it. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, that's what these, these animals were really bred for. And what we've been able to do is create a simulated hunt. Now, by the way, on the East Coast, they still hunt with these dogs. Uh, they have groundhogs back there, and they send them underground. But out here in the West and in other parts of the country, we don't have real prey to go after. So we've set up a simulated hunt called Earth Dog, and uh, we actually create underground mazes where we send our dogs in to uh, eventually find prey. And in our case, we use K-9 
caged rats, actual rats for the prey. Now, it's not a blood sport. We protect the rats in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it allows us, uh, through a series of graduated tests, to um, help develop and test the dog's instincts on how well they do um, for what they were originally bred to do, and that is go after uh, vermin. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this underground um, maze kind of, and, and as the dog gets better at the event, does the maze get a little bit more complicated? Like does it start out with just like one turn and then develop into many turns where they actually really have to kind of find their way? Oh, no, that's exactly right. Uh, we actually have four tests in the AKC. Uh, the first test is considered an introduction to the quarry, and that's a very, very simple test. It, it's just designed to see if the dog uh, has enough basic instinct uh, to move on to the next uh, series of tests. But the introduction test is simply a 10-foot tunnel with one 90-degree turn in it. Mm-hmm. It has an opening, and it has a protected area for the prey mm-hmm. uh, for the dogs to work or Mm -hmm. learn how to work. Mm -hmm. Now, the interesting thing about these tunnels, we should really talk about this, is that they're underground. Right. And uh, most people don't realize it, but when you have a 90-degree corner uh, under the earth, it develops a complete absence of light. Now, it's not just dark. There's no light. Right. And what we try to do is simulate underground conditions by completely blacking out the uh, the light form. So the dogs have to learn how to use their noses. Yeah. Um, so the intro uh, test is very simple. It's a 10-foot uh, tunnel. The tunnel is 9 inches by 9 inches, which in a dog's brain is probably pretty scary if you think about it because the size of the tunnel normally equals the size of the prey's head. Mm. So the dogs should be a little cautious when they start. Um, the next test would be what we call our junior test. And, uh, in fact, all other tests, uh, use this basic formula and we create a 30 foot tunnel underground Mm -hmm. and we create three 90 degree corners on the way to the, to the prey. And, uh, we'll talk about their time limits and stuff like that later, but, um, as far as the tunnel con- configuration, we basically have a 30-foot underground tunnel with uh, three corners in it. The third test, which would be a senior test after they sufficiently pass a junior test, would be exactly the same configuration, but we put a couple puzzles in it. Mm. And one of the puzzles we put in it is what we call a false opening. We have a scented opening, and there's a tunnel opening, mm-hmm. and then we have a false opening. Uh, the dogs are required to go into the scented opening. If mm. they go into the unscented opening, they would fail the test. Okay. And then we put a what we call a false bedding area into the maze, which is designed to simulate a where, where the prey might sleep, but the prey isn't there anymore. So that's there to confuse the dog to... So they would have to reason, well, there's no prey here, and then go on to find where the live prey is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not barking up the wrong tree, so to speak? Yeah. As a matter <laughs> of fact, if they bark at that area and work that area, they would fail the test. Oh, okay. So uh, because it, it, they shouldn't be working an area where the, where the prey isn't. And then the last maze would be the master test, and we put a couple other obstacles in there. We have the um, We put a constriction in it which uh, is a narrowing uh-huh. uh, of the liner. And then we also put a simulated route or an obstacle in it. So they physically have to go through an obstacle or and go through a constriction uh, to be able to get to the prey. Okay. And so the thing about, you know, that really strikes me, as, especially as, you, as you're talking about as you advance through the levels and make it harder and more challenging for the dog, is that the dogs are really um, really put in a position where they have to figure something out, where they're either having to distinguish this is the opening that has a scent versus this one that doesn't, um, how to get through uh, an obstacle or constriction. I mean, they're mentally challenged 
not only are they doing what they were really made to do, which is fulfilling, um, and using their noses, and I've talked about nose work quite a bit on, on the show in the past um, for all breeds, um, but also that there's this sort of um, problem-solving aspect of it, potentially, or you know, navigating the turns, um, and how really satisfying that is for a dog. Um, and we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about how this, how earth dogs specifically can really benefit, um, breeds of terriers and dachshunds who, who do this event, how it benefits them even behaviorally. We'll talk a little bit about the history of terriers. Um, we could talk about the, how terriers and dachshunds may differ a little bit and how they work because dachshunds are not technically terriers, they're hounds. And a lot more about this. So we'll be back. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Greg Perry, who's an AKC Earth Dog judge. You're listening to the Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. God loves a terrier. Yes, he does. God loves a terrier. That's because small, sturdy, bright, and true. They give their love to you. Hi, this is Julie. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Jones & Company Pets in Marysville, we cover the world of animals. This week, January 26th, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. We'll check in with the birds in Bellingham and Carnation and the horses in Marysville as usual. Plus, we'll talk with CEO of Dogs Deserve Better, Tamira Thane again, since last time she's driven across the country to pick up dogs from the OAS Sanctuary. The whole story on Martha Norwalk's Animal World Sunday morning morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Hey, Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiancé said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com more choices more topics more shows one station alternative talk 1150 a.m with its cute little terrier yes god loves a terrier welcome back to the dog talk show i'm your host julie forbes Ah, from one of my favorite movies of all time, Best in Show. Of course, the terrier they're talking about is Winky, the Norwich Terrier, who mm-hmm. wins it all in that movie. Um, so we are talking, we're back with Greg Perry, who is an American Kennel Club Earth Dog judge. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you. So we talked in the last segment about what Earth Dog is, how it's structured, how dogs, you know, how the the levels increase as the dogs get better and better, or you know, how they get more challenging. Um, and then you spoke a little bit to really what terriers and, and dachshunds too, really what they were made to do, and and that is to to hunt small animals. And um, you know, you have your website is 
crofter'sdream.com, and that's C-R-O-F-T-E-R-S, dream.com. And there's a lot of information about um, specifically Cairn Terrier history, uh, one of my all-time favorite breeds. Um, um, But also, you know, in with that, it, it also talks about lots of other terrier breeds as well. And it's interesting sort of how they branched off. But um, so what, how was, how were terriers developed? Well, as we talked about, they were developed to help the crofter or the farmer uh, rid the farm of, of uh, pests. And, uh, you know, I, I think the, the crofter was kind of a survival of the fittest type of thing. You know, the hardy dog, the one that could go out and engage the prey and come back in one piece uh, was a dog that had favor. Um, I think. I visualize the crofters as very utilitarian. Uh, dogs have always been our companions, but I think the dog, first and foremost, was a tool. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they they uh, bred dogs to dogs that had great hunting instincts. And uh, the dogs, I tell you, they were required to cooperate with their brace mates or their other pack mates. And, in fact, that's one of the things that we look at in Earth Dog is we, we look for dogs that will cooperate with another dog and actually honor, honor another dog's working. Mm. Um, so I, I think that that's basically how they were developed. They, they were just short-legged, little, scruffy dogs that had hard heads and great attitude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those dogs were required to follow the crofter out uh, behind the horse and come back. And um, it didn't matter if it was raining, snowing, or, or uh, hot weather, you know, that they were out there on patrol and, and mm-hmm. getting rid of those pests. And I think a lot of people know this who don't necessarily know a lot about the breed, but um, but the terriers are tough dogs. Tough dogs. I mean, they are physically tough. They're they're hardy. They're feisty. They're courageous. Um, they have really fabulous personalities as well. They're just a blast. Uh, but they are tough. I mean, they're sturdy. They're little. And they're also very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not a slight dog. They're, they've got these little barrel bodies and, you know, broad shoulders and a lot of muscle mass. And they're tough. They can take it. Yeah. It, well, and that's true of a lot of terriers. But there's other very athletic terriers, for instance, like the Border Terrier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really the athlete of the, of the terrier word, yeah. world. And, uh, but they're just as tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, so they do come in, in a few different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do see interesting differences between the breeds and, yeah. and how they work and, and the way they work. Now, what are the breeds? So, now, as I understand it, there are certain breeds um, of terrier that don't do earth dog events. Well, like an Airedale. Of course. get down a hole. Sure. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at my... AKC uh, recognized breeds list, and I see on here Dandy Dinmont Terrier. Well, it, I, I haven't personally seen any Dandy Dinmonts in a hole, but I would think that would be hard for that size of Terrier to make it down the hole. Yeah. Uh, they physically have to make it through and, and actually be able to work. Yeah. Um, I have seen a couple of Glen of Emal Terriers, and mm-hmm. they're really substantial dogs. I mm. mean, they're they're, uh, they can go 40 pounds, and uh, they're just solid mass, very strong. Yeah. Now, what about like a standard dachshund? Do the oh, standards... Stan- yeah, throw- standards do fine. And how do they... I mean, because they have to be able to turn around in in while they're underground, correct? Yeah, well, they, they turn around. Uh, most dogs are close coupled and have the amazing ability to turn back onto themselves and, and mm-hmm. get back out the hole, or they'll back out. Mm. Um, some of the standards are pretty deep-chested, mm-hmm. uh, but they're fairly narrow dogs. And mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, they're great workers, and they're fun to watch. Yeah. So how do, because um, I, I have a dachshund, and I've also, my family had a Cairn when I was uh, in high school um, and beyond. And um, so I'm an enthusiast of both. I mean, you know, I just love, like I said, the personalities and the tenacity. How do you see, because dachshunds are not terriers, dachshunds are hounds. Mm-hmm. So do you see a difference in, since they're both performing the same job or, or participating in the same event, how do you see them work differently doing the same job? 
Well, the biggest difference that I see in, in observing the breeze would be in the master class when you're actually uh, hunting up to the den area. And actually in the master class, there's, a, there's quite an involved hunt where you're actually trying to locate where the underground maze is. So there's a fair amount of tracking that's involved before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, um, you know, those dogs, when they're trying to find the live prey area, are also subject to um, animals that live in the fields and the woods live. And so every once in a while in an earth dog test, we'll lose a dachshund. Yeah. They'll follow their nose into the brush, and we'll, you know, they'll come out when, they, when they're good and ready. Yeah. Um, but... I think probably the biggest difference is dachshunds tend to follow their nose a little bit more than a terrier. A uh, terrier is a great uh, ground center, uh, but they're, they're, I, I tend to see them air scent more, whereas a dachshund tends to ground scent maybe a little bit more. And when you say air scent, you mean literally that they're lifting their nose up and sniffing the air rather than actually following a trail on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. I, and I've actually seen some thrilling hunts where you know, those terriers have their nose up in the air. They'll both alert on something in a corner. Um, and when when you're watching these dogs hunt, uh, you really recognize a great hunt because they'll kind of weave and crisscross and cover each other's ground, feed, feed off each other, cue off each other, um, and cue off the the uh, hunter, the human behind them. It's, mm. it's just a lot of fun. It's almost like an orchestra. Yeah, it must be interesting to see the dogs working together dog to dog because there's lots of, you know, I've talked a lot about in these different events like herding and stuff like that, the focusing more on the handler-dog relationship. Um, but it, it must be really interesting to see the dogs sort of the teamwork, which makes sense because they're pack animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to see them sort of playing off each other and working together that way as well. Yeah, they do. They yeah. do. And it, it is fun to watch. So how do you see, you know, we're talking about this, you know, as we're talking about this is what really terriers and dachshunds were were bred to do, was to essentially hunt small animals or find them or hold them or flush them out or in some, if they're small enough, probably kill them. Because I've mm-hmm. seen both dachshunds and terriers shake the heck out of small toys. And I know that... Actually, my dachshund killed a mouse once, and it, I was so surprised. But I was like, well, I mean, I was surprised, but then I was also like, well, duh, of course she's going to know how to do that. Um, but so so we talked about kind of the history of the breed and, and what these dogs were meant to do and and how this is sort of a way for us to set that up for them and do what they were really meant to do. Um, what kind of training is involved? Like how much does the dog need to be need to follow command while they are engaged in prey drive, essentially. Oh, how, does that, how does that work? Well, we'll jump to the end, which would be the master hunt. And uh, when, when the dog is in the field, um, they do have their prey drive going, but the handler must have control of the dog. We actually have exercises within that master hunt that requires a handler to call the dog back from where the, wherever they are in the hunt to check out an empty den opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, is, that exercise is there to demonstrate control of the animal between the handler and the dog. Um, in the senior test, uh, we actually remove the quarry and have to call the dog back uh, right out the same tunnel and that entry that they came into. Um, that is there because once the quarry bolts, the dog shouldn't continue to work. Mm. Uh, we see dogs, uh, especially when they're learning the game, who do continue to work, and of course they wouldn't pass that, that particular test. Um, when we're first starting the terrier, um, as far as training is concerned, we, we train in little building blocks. Um, it's amazing. I, I don't know if any of us really appreciate how the canine mind works, but the one thing I've discovered in working with a lot of earth dogs is that if we train in little building blocks, you know, for instance, my dog, who is a master earth dog, in fact, he's one of the more talented earth dogs in the entire country, mm. um, I can remember we had a hard time getting his head in the tunnel. Mm. And then, then maybe the next time we got him into a shoulder. Yeah. And then maybe the next time we got him to the end of the, the tunnel where the corner was, and we finally got him to the uh, where the prey was, 
And then he stared. Mm-hmm. And, and we <laughs> had to teach him it was okay to bark and to work. Mm. And uh, uh, one day it all came together for mm. him, and we, we've never looked back. Mm-hmm. But um, I see a lot of handlers kind of get discouraged because they don't think, oh, my dog doesn't get it. But yeah. they you know, do. And that's such a good point because working with dogs and training and behavior when I'm not doing the radio show, that's what I'm doing full time, all types of breeds and behaviors and all that stuff. But, um, you know, patience is so important when you're working with dogs um, in the training process. And it really is. It's 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 each session building off the last. Exactly. And knowing, you know, how far to take each session and when to stop. Mm-hmm. And and um, I actually uh, talked to um the director of the prison pet partnership program down in Purdy where they train service dogs in the women's prison. And the women there said, um, but we got to tour the program and talk with the offenders that are participating. And they said, one of the things, biggest things that training dogs has taught them is patience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's interesting you relating to that with, in your own experience with your dog. Um, but it's also such an amazing thing to witness at the same time, if you can slow down and be present to the dog mm-hmm. and let the dog give the dog the time and space to, to go through their, their learning process. It's one of the favorite, my favorite things about what I do is really witnessing that. But a lot of times the dogs aren't given that time and space to sort of make the connections or kind of figure it out. Yeah. I can actually remember one border terrier that the hand, took the handler five years Mm. five years and that dog went on to uh earn 50 master titles yeah 50 master earth dog legs and so um it took a long time for that dog to really get it all together but it ended up being one of the finest earth dogs we know Mm. well let's take another quick break and when we come back uh, we're going to be talking more with greg perry who's an american kennel club earth dog judge you're listening to the dog talk show on alternative talk 1150 Whenever you are down, Terriers average 20 pounds. For more than 25. Hey, Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, We need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, What do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S.-sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist www.sensitivedog.com Get a grip on life with Alternative Talk 1150. One thing that makes me down is when people put bandanas on their dogs. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. 
And we are back with Greg Perry, who's an American Kennel Club Earth Dog judge. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you. We're talking about Earth Dog as a performance event and terriers and dachshunds, the dogs that participate in these events. And you were talking about um, when you get to the more, especially the more advanced levels of Earth Dog, and it's basically, you know, the dog goes and finds the, what is it called, quarry or game? Quarry. Quarry. Mm -hmm. You know, locates, tracks the quarry, and then goes through a, a... series of tunnels underground to actually get to, hence Earth Dog, mm-hmm. uh, to actually reach the quarry. And then um, and then they need to also be called back or or to also listen, listen to the handler as to when to stop working the quarry or to stop barking, for example. And, you know, as you talk about that, I... I can think about how many dogs that I am working with and have worked with over the past almost 10 years where that is such a problem for people, you know, in I work in Seattle on the east side. So it's urban environments generally um, or neighborhoods, suburbs and how people have such a hard time getting that off switch in their dog, um, whatever the drive may be. Um, but, you know, with these little dogs and, you know, terriers and dachshunds for sure, really known for their alert barking and that they're it's part of what they were bred to do. And so if you want a quiet dog, first of all, don't get a terrier or dachshund. <laughs> True that. Yeah. But also, um, you know, so how how working with their dog in Earth Dog could actually help that home, those home challenges. And uh, so could you speak to a, a little bit of to the the training that's involved and and also how you see dogs that are that um, participate specifically for today's show in Earth Dog and how does that benefit their behavior at home? Well, first of all, um, my philosophy with dogs is that a tired dog is a good dog. Yeah, and. Uh, there's two ways really to tire a dog out, and one way is to tire him out physically, and the other way is to tire him out mentally. Mm-hmm. And actually, the mental aspect of it is actually could be harder on the dog than the physical aspect of it. And uh, so, first of all, just getting out with your dog and doing lots of things with your dog will make you'll have a better dog. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with terriers, what what uh, we have found is that um, they're a very very intelligent. Uh, breed, like, for instance, Cairn Terriers I'll speak of because that's what we own. Um, but their their intelligence is a little bit different than some dogs' intelligences. Some dogs are have trainable intelligence. Um, uh, Cairns can be trained, but they were really bred to be independent thinkers and to be problem solvers, mm-hmm. to, to figure things out. And I've seen Cairns actually pull stools to the counter, jump up on the stools, jump up <laughs> on the counters, get the food. Too smart for their own good, they'll, huh? they'll do that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> so from a, from a training aspect, uh, the number one thing with, with the terrier, and I think that's universally true of all the terriers, is to be very, very consistent in what you're asking the dog to do. Mm. Uh, you also have to be very fair in what you're asking the dog to do. And... Uh, the other thing that we find with the Cairns and other terriers is that we should keep the lesson short because, um, and if we become too repetitive, they get bored. And so uh, we, we try to try to figure out different things to uh, in different ways to, to engage them. But in the end, they're very t- trainable, but the handler has to be very consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, our dogs at home, you're right, they, they will alert when a squirrel comes across the deck. Somebody comes to the door, uh, but we have, through a lot of patience and a lot of consistency, uh, we're able to turn the dogs off after they let us know what they want us to know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're talking about intelligence and the difference between, because you had said, I think, that there was some list where they were not ranked high. They're, they're in the upper third of canine intelligence. Okay. Cairns are, mm-hmm. um, and most of terriers seem to be kind of grouped into the into the same general area in the in the dog world. Um, but again, I think they're 
those tests shortchange actually the intellect of a terrier because they're they're not they're actually bred to tell us what what to do. We're not we're not supposed to tell them what to do. Right. They are the ultimate problem solver and uh, little pack mate, and and uh, so they they should be out there leading the way and telling us, you know, where to go get the prey. Yeah. yeah. And I talk a lot about that with the differences in like. You know, I have scent hound and herding breeds, so it's like the two opposites. Scent hounds, like, just you better keep up. Right, right. right. And then the herding dogs, I mean, they are just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? You know, like looking for that direction constantly Mm -hmm. and how they're just wired differently. But I don't like to say that the cattle dogs are smarter than the dachshund because the dachshund is very good at, uh, recognizing opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that to me is intelligence mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And getting what she, you know, ultimately getting what she wants, which usually involves food. Right. But, um, but how, it, you know, there's a difference between intelligence and trainability. And I think, in fact, it's sometimes the dogs that are extremely intelligent that, and depending on their breed classification, those can be the, some of the more actually challenging ones because they're so, you know, like you said, pulling a stool over to a counter to, to, to get what's on the counter, something like that. So, right. you, you know, uh, but that's an important distinction. And there's also a difference between knowing it and doing it. Exactly. And I talk about that a lot in obedience training is that the dog may understand what you're asking them to do. It doesn't mean they're going to choose to do it. Right. But again, with, with the terrier, I'm a strong believer in small steps Mm-hmm. Um, they absorb a lot and, uh, they're very, they will observe other dogs. Uh, they will understand what you're, what you're telling them. And oftentimes they're better out the next time than they are when you're working at them in the present. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about terriers being independent, um, and your website again is crofter'sdream.com. And I have a link to it on the dog talk show, Facebook fan page. And then I'll also post a link to it from the Dog Talk Show homepage as well, which is dogtalkshow.com. Uh, but it's C-R-O-F-T-E-R-S, dream.com, Crofter's Dream. And there's a lot of information about about your cairns, a lot of photos uh, for Earth Dog, agility, um, a lot of history on terriers, especially cairns. Um, and cairn, of course, is named after the uh, essentially the rock piles that... Um, uh, and rock fences that these vermin or small animals used to hide out in. Right. So that's where they used to find them. Um, but in talking about and looking at the breed description, and I think people generally, and this has been our experience with the female Karen that I lived with, she was the independent of the independent variety. Um, I've tend to, and this is a generalization, um, I tend to notice that the females are more, of the independent mindset uh, or more, what was it, aloof, and the males tend to be more affectionate. Have you found that to be the case? I would agree with that completely. Yeah. In fact, (laughs) being breeders, uh, we we live with females and males, and the males are more pleasers or more biddable. um, And and I'm talking in generalities here because there's always exceptions, you know, but... um, and the females do tend to be a little bit more aloof, a little bit more independent, and uh, and actually, um, from from a hunting standpoint, uh, the females are great hunters, but mm-hmm. they don't always play the rules the way we want them to play. So, <laughs> for instance, I have a I have a female who is probably one of the best hunters I've ever seen. Yeah, we're having a hard time getting her to qualify because she doesn't want to bark when we want her to bark. Yeah, where where the where the males, they just lose their head and go for it. Right. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I think that that's a generalization. And again, of course, there's always always exceptions, and it's not always true. My female dachshund happens to be a very sweet female. Um, but generally speaking, I've noticed for dogs, I would say even in general, um, but perhaps even more pronounced in breeds that do have a, a tendency to go very aloof, um, that that I've noticed that difference between males and females in, in general. Um, so, but as part of that also to um, 
you know, just the temperament of the parents and kind of the breeding in general as far as how affectionate or aloof they are? Or do you just generally see that range within a litter? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm I'm a strong proponent in uh, uh, genetics as far as temperament is concerned. Yeah. Um, we, um, you know, I mean, I have actually witnessed lines of, of terriers that, for lack of a better word, are snarky. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mother's snarky, the offspring are snarky, and and uh, uh, so sometimes you'll see behavior issues within a within a certain line. Mm-hmm. I also see uh, a strong uh, uh, relationship to gameness. Uh, for instance, one of the things that we're blessed with with our particular line uh, is a very game line of Cairn Terriers. As a matter of fact. Um, probably three quarters or more of all the earth dog titles owned by Cairn Terriers in the United States come out of Washington and Portland. Mm. And they're coming out predominantly out of one strong line that are really game dogs. And when you say game, are you talking about the, the hunting ability? The, the hunting instinct. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, and again, uh, I'm not saying that other dogs aren't capable, but we, we sure. do see a strong correlation of, of great working dogs within certain certain breed lines. Yeah, and uh, we're going to take a, a quick break, but I think that that really speaks to, and I say this so much to people who, some people even contact me before they've gotten a dog, and they want to get a dog, and they don't know where to go. And, you know, with all, with the puppy mills and that whole world that's out there too, I, uh, you know, say over and over and over again, meet the parents, at least meet the mother of the litter. Actually, in person, meet the dog. Right. And and get a sense for that dog's temperament. Go on site. Make sure that it's clean. But, you know, the, the how important it is to really meet the parents because the temperament, I would say, is probably the biggest indicator of the temperament of the puppies. You bet. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick, quick break, and we will come back talking more with Greg Perry, an American Kennel Club Earth Dog Judge. You're listening to the Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune in to my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk. 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Forget their space and come check out our space on the web, 1150kknw.com, and find out about Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. 
Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. And we are back talking with Greg Perry, an AKC Earth Dog Judge. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you. Well, we've been talking about a lot of different things. Uh, Earth Dog, the event itself, terriers and dachshunds, the training involved, the behavior. Um, And so I wanted to, well, first, let let me make sure to announce the event that is coming up that I'm very excited to attend myself. Uh, on August 6th, there is a performance events day sponsored by Cascade Cairn Terrier Club. Tell us a little bit about that event. Well, it's it's open to all Earth Dog eligible terriers and dachshunds. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the whole idea is to introduce not only the dogs, but the handlers to various events. Now, we'll have a huge Earth Dog presence, and we'll be practicing and introducing Earth Dog to uh, anybody who... who uh, wants to try it, and uh, if if you have a question, if the if the listeners have a question on what is a AKC recognized breed, they can simply go to the American Kennel Club website and under Earth Dog, and there's a list of AKC recognized breeds and okay. dachshunds uh, are are um, uh, are are welcome. Yeah, and so we're we're not only going to do Earth Dog, but we'll we'll be doing agility and some obedience work, and we're going to introduce dog owners to various performance events that they can enjoy with their dogs. Mm. Well, and so my little dachshund is eight Mm -hmm. and uh, she's very fit because she has to keep up with the cattle dogs. Um, But uh, so is eight, do you think two, and I have my own idea of the answer, but in your opinion, is an eight-year-old too, too old to introduce? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I I mean, we've, we've seen... Ten-year-olds and twelve-year-olds uh, get yep. their first title just because the handler or the owner didn't know about this yep. about the sport. You can, in fact, teach an old dog new tricks. Um, so this is August sixth, and if people want more information about this event, um, they could probably get in touch with the Cas- Cascade Cairn Terrier Club. They could also email you. Yeah, they can email me, or uh, the Cascade Cairn Terrier Club has a. Uh, website yep. and uh uh the uh it's located in kent and uh if you just email me i'll let you know what where the address is and okay. what the particulars are and your email is greg perry at crofter'sdream.com yes and um so we were talking about you know this performance events and there'll there'll be uh, a few different ones at at this this event coming up in, on august 6th but how have you seen um dogs because I recommend performance events to dogs that are having behavioral issues. How do you see that? How have you seen that on your with from your perspective? Um, dogs that have the opportunity to participate in a uh, breed appropriate performance event, and how have you seen that impact them in their lives as as a whole, like their be- behaviorally? Well, like we talked about earlier, I think a tired dog is a good dog, and if you stimulate that dog both physically and mentally, um, I think the dog will be a better dog because they, they've got a job and, and they feel fulfilled. But I think the the most important thing is when you're doing something with your dog that they were actually bred to do. You know, for instance, if you own a, a bird dog and you go hunting with that dog, uh, if you have a herding dog and you go herding with the dog, if you have a terrier and you go to earth dog tests, uh, your relationship uh, with that animal will never, never be better. And the dogs know it. Um, when we come back from an earth, earth dog test, there's like a three or four day afterglow with Kona, <laughs> my, my dog. And yeah. he, he just, he, he just uh, is so excited, so thankful, um, so um, affectionate uh, after coming back from an event. Uh, you know, you can tell that we were doing something that he really loves to do. He's fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a, uh, so missing for so many dogs these days as they really are not used for, or they don't have the opportunity. Um, I think more often than not, they don't have the opportunity to actually do what they were intended to do as they have done for thousands and thousands of years living with people. Um, 
Well, that's great. Greg, your website, again, is crofter'sdream.com. It has a lot of information uh, about, you know, Earth Dog, about the history, a lot of really interesting information about the history of the Cairn Terrier, and then also in talking about that, speaking to um, other closely related breeds like the West Highland White Terriers, the Scottish Terriers, Sky Terriers, etc. Border Terriers. Border Terriers. Yeah. Um, you've got some really great pictures of your cairns. I think they're adorable. And again, that's crofter'sdream.com. The event sponsored by Cascade Cairn Terrier Club is August 6th. And if you'd like more information about that, you can contact the Cascade Cairn Terrier Club. You could also email Greg at gregperry at crofter'sdream.com. And that's P-E-R-R-Y, gregperry at crofter'sdream.com is your website. And if you've missed any part of this interview um, or any of our past over 125 shows now, you can find them all archived online. You can either go to dogtalkshow.com and go to the podcast page, and all of our interviews will show up from the most recent. So today's will be at the top. And then all the way down, you can scroll all the way down to my very first show uh, back in February of 09, I think. Yes. Um, we're also available as a free audio podcast on iTunes, so you can listen directly from your computer from the website, dogtalkshow.com. If you'd like to download the episodes and then put them on an iPod or iPhone or MP3 player, you can do that as well and then take them on the road with you and listen that way too. We also have a Facebook fan page uh, where you can uh, find out who the week's interview will be. If we have a guest, who will that be? And also some um, in-between interview conversation that I uh, like to have with my fans as well. So you can search for The Dog Talk Show on Facebook as well and become a fan. We have these really great car stickers as well. Um, it's uh, our logo, the Dog Talk Show logo. You can see what the logo looks like on the website at the top, dogtalkshow.com. But we do have car stickers, so if you would like me to send you uh, a car sticker for your car or, or water bottle or helmet or whatever you'd like to put it on. They are waterproof. Uh, just email me, host at dogtalkshow.com with your mailing address, and I'd be happy to send you out a Dog Talk Show car sticker if you want some for your friends. Just let me know how many you want. And I do have one for you, Greg. All right. Thank yeah. you. Well, thanks again, Greg Perry, uh, American Kennel Club Earth Dog Judge. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day and coming and chatting with us uh, in person. Well, you're welcome, and I can't wait to see you at uh, our, yes, our uh, fun day. Yes, my little Leia is It's going to be her playground. I want to yeah. emphasize this is not an AKC event. It's a club fun day, but uh, we, we will have dates for future AKC events uh, at our fun day, and uh, people can simply go to the AKC Kennel Club website to get upcoming earth dog tests that will be happening later in the summer and the fall and the american kennel club website is akc.org thanks for listening to the dog talk show on alternative talk 1150